everybody hit the lights so we can rock it day and night. People getting down, that's right. From A and to P and everybody looking like stars. All the chicks and the fellas in the bars. All of y'all bumping this in your cars. From A and to P and. Yes, people, welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber, right? Hope you've been enjoy enjoying the uh, BFI Flare content, but, I mean, it's old steady is back, people. And as we do, we're going to start off with the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now. Okay, so... At number 10, we've got the Dexter Flexer hit, Rocket Man. So, this one starred Elton John, Taron Egerton, Richard Madden, and Jamie Bell. Right, so at number 9, we have got the Greta Gerberg, you know, version of Little Women. Right, so this one starred Cyrus Ronan, Timothy Chalamont, Florence Pugh, and Emma Charlo Daru. Alright, so at number eight this week, people, it may have lost you know the title of a most watched film ever. Right, biggest box office and all of that. But number eight, we've got Avengers Endgame from those geniuses, the Russo brothers. This one starred all the crew, all your favorite Avengers, Chris Evans, Chris Hensworth, Robert Downey Jr., Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, everybody. And their group. <laughs> Alright, people. At number seven, it is a Birds of Prey and a Fantabulous Harley Quinn. So this was from Kathy Yan and it starred a Moggy Moggy? Maggie Margaret even. God damn. It was Margaret Robbie, people, as Harley Quinn. Yeah, the Jimmy Smollett. Yeah, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Ewan McGregor. Right, that means at number six, we've got some uh, Nicolas Cage weirdness. It's Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> so this is from Dimitri Logafitis. Starring Cage, um, Maria Avagero, Tony Jaa, and Alan Moose. So we're in the top five, five, five. And, uh, you know, starting things off, it is The Death Cure. One of them Maze Runner films, people. Wes Bell was behind the camera. And in front of the camera, Dylan O'Brien... Thomas Brody, Robert Brody, um, Sergato, Kea Scordell, and Kihon Lee. So at number four, it is the Robert Zumacus interpretation of Ronald Dahl's 
The Witches. Anna Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Christina Chinsworth, and Jazirio Bruno. So at number three, some more Marvel magic. It is John Watts, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Right, Tom Holland, Ziandra, Jacob Balton, and Jake Gyllenhaal. So at number two, two, two this week, it is The Secret Garden. So this is from Mark Munden. And it is starring Colin Firth, Dixie Egerich, Amir Wilson, and Julie Walters. So, at number one this week, people, Wonder Woman 1984. So, Paddy Jenkins did it again. Gail Gadot, Kristen Wiig, Chris Pine, and Pedro Pascal. Ah, people, we got three films. So, um, yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy. People, it might only be March, but... Hey, it's time to um, take note because April is going to be a bumper-packed month if you are a Shudder subscription holder. You know, April showers bring a packed lineup of new horror films and series to Shudder. AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller and supernatural. For its annual halfway to Halloween month, with April marking the halfway point to Halloween, the streamer will celebrate its biggest month of programming yet. With a loaded slate of Shudder original films and series, an exclusive documentary, a library of cult classic favourites, and the return of halfway to Halloween hotline. Some do Christmas in July, but at Shudder, they celebrate Halloween in April to mark the halfway point to the greatest holiday of the year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they have got a lot. So, the second season of Creep Show premieres on the 1st of April, with new episodes dropping every single Thursday. You know, so you have that to look forward to, people. Uh, also, on the 1st of April, is going to be the premiere of Train to Busan Presents Pen- Penusilia. Pen- Penicillia, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, people, right? So, four years after South Korea's total decimation in Train to Busan, the zombie thriller that captivated audiences worldwide, acclaimed director Yong Sang-woo, brings us Penicillia, the next nail-biting chapter in his post-apocalyptic world. John Suik a soldier who previously escaped the diseased wasteland relieves the horror 
when assigned to a covert operation with two simple objectives, retrieve and survive. When his team unexpectedly stumbles upon survivors, their lives will depend on whether the best or worst of human nature prevails in the direct in the direst of circumstances. So uh, yeah, you have that people. Um, then on the eighth of April will be the power. Okay, so this is set in London 1974 as Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country. Trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary with most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital. Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that infests and has an intent on destroying everything around her. Then on the 15th is The Banishing. Okay, so this is from acclaimed director Chris Smith. And comes the banishing which tells the true story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. When a vengeful spirit haunts the little girl and threatens to tear the family apart, the reverend and his wife are forced to confront their beliefs. They must turn to black magic by seeking the help of famous occultists or risk losing their daughter. Yeah. Then people, on the 16th, new episodes of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That debuts, and then new episodes every Friday afterwards. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of that, you have that. Also, an event exclusive on the 18th of April at 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific is the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So, uh, yeah. We've got that on the 22nd of April is Boys from County Hell. Welcome to Six Mile, a sleepy Irish backwater whose only claim to fame is the somewhat dubious local legend that Brand Stoker once spent a night in the local pub. It's home to Eugene Moffat, a young man who fills most of his days drinking pints with his friends and pranking tourists who come to visit the gravesite of Aberach, a legendary Irish vampire, some believe to have inspired Dracula. When a personal tragedy forces Eugene to go and work for his gruff, no-nonsense father, he finds himself on the site of a controversial new road development that threatens to destroy the town's livelihood. But strange events unfold when Eugene and the crew tear down a famous carom, believed to be the final resting place of Aberach. 
and they soon come under attack from a sinister force that has infested one of their workmates. As night closes in, the boys must fight for survival while discovering the true horror of a myth that hits much closer to home than any of them realise. So, people, you have got that and a whole lot more debuting on Shudder this April. So, if you're a horror fan and you don't have the platform, you're not really a horror fan, are you? Well, people, it is about that time again. So mark in your calendar the 17th of March, which is a Wednesday, until the 28th, which is a Sunday, you will be able to experience the 2021 BFI Flare Festival. So, obviously, because of the current situations, this year, Flair will be online, you know, but it will still be delivering a host, a host of incredible films, documentaries and shorts and other events, you know, it's got free streams this year, hearts, bodies and minds, so whatever you know, whatever type of film you like, horrors, romance, you know, thrillers, it is all here, and Echo Chamber will be covering it, so, people, what is the Flare Festival, well, the BFI London LGBTIQ Plus Film Festival is the UK's longest running queer film event, it began in 1986 as Gay's Own Pictures. By its third edition, it was tagged the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival and since then has grown to become the largest LBGTIQ plus film event in the UK and its most anticipated. The festival changed its name to BFI Flair in 2014 to reflect increasing diversity of its films, filmmakers and audience. Uh, this year's festival is programmed by Jay Bernard, Michael Bliff, Zorian Clayton, Brian Robinson, Emma Smart and guest programmer Tara Brown. Right, and it is led by festival's director Trisha Tuttle. So people, mark it down. The um, booking lines are open. So um hit the episode details and um yeah, you will find you know links and all of that. So people, remember the 17th to the 28th of March is the 2021 BFI Flare Film Festival. Okay, people. So, big news for the BFI Flare London LGBTIQ+ Film Festival. Right? So, um they're doing the screen talks. Yes, they are doing the Screens Talk series for this festival. And um, 
film and television actor Russell Tovey will be part of it. You know? And as part of BFI Flair's The Maker series, conversations with award-winning filmmaker, journalist and author David France, you know, and writer-producer Jay Garano Acaporta, you know, so um, all of the special events will be available for free for audience to access wherever in the world you are, right? And you can do it via the BFI YouTube, the Facebook channels, you know, it is all there for you, right? So, um, yeah, this 12-day event, which brings the best new LGBTIQ plus cinema from around the world via BFI Player to UK-wide audiences, will also feature discussions with the directors and BFI Flair, BFI Flair programmers for the films Well-Rounded and Rebel Dykes. Both screaming at the festival, um, BFI Film Academy will also return with events for young creatives and the BFI Flair community can indulge in their love of trivia and music as the popular Big Gay Film Quiz is back. And the BFI Flair FM will keep everyone moving to the beats of their favourite BFI Flair dance party DJs over on the BFI Spotify page. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tickets for the features can be purchased via the BFI Flair website. Right, so um, there is a lot people, there is a lot to talk about, so with the screen talks, Russell Tovey will be, um, he's will be up on Friday the 26th of March at 7pm, right, um, now with the makers, you have um, the Joy Guerrero Acaporta, that will be taking place on Tuesday, the 23rd of March at 6pm. David France will be Wednesday, the 24th at 6pm. And um, then we have some events, right? So there's the well-rounded A Conversation. So that... That will be happening on Saturday, the 20th of March at 2 p.m., right? And um, you can hear from uh, assistant programmer Tara Brown, who is joined by Shana Mara um, and Candy Palamata, along with Lydia Okelelo. Right, so um, also you have a Dr. Charlotte Cooper, um, yeah, and uh, Grace Barber Plenty. Right, so um, that should be pretty interesting. Now, on um, the Sunday, the 21st, 
at 2pm, there is Rebel Dykes, a conversation, right, so, um, yeah, you will be able to hear from the co-directors, Harry Shanahan and Shion Williams, along with Atalanta Kernick, uh, plus the um, programmer Jay Bernard and Tara Brown. So, another very good, interesting thing to um, yeah be down with. So, the uh, BFI Academy events, so um, Beyond Coming of Age, right, so that takes place at 12pm on Saturday the 20th of March, right, it's going to be a, a Zoom event, which you, you know, will have to book for via Eventbrite, Eventbrite, uh, the panellists will be Thomas Wilson White, the director of the fantastic The Greenhouse. You also get um, Thanasis uh, Tissipins, who directed Escaping the Fragile Planet. We got Noza Eke, who um, who is um, part of the alumni class from 2018 and Matthew Jacobs Morgan who um, is also from the 2018 alumni class right so you have that Um, then later on that same day at 3pm you've got family values right so this will be a conversation with Alexa Bacconi and Michel Antonides. Again, that's going to be a Zoom conversation, right? So um, I make sure you get your tickets for that, people, right? So um, Bacconi um, directed Colors of Toby, and um, Antonides is the producer of Sweetheart. So, yeah. Right, so if you're a quiz fan, the Big Gay Film Quiz will be taking place on Monday the 22nd of March at 7pm. And um, it looks like that will be on the um, Facebook page. So, a lot, a lot to look forward to, people. So, make sure you mark those dates down and enjoy. Okay, people, so now we have all of that out the way, it's time to get into this week's films. So there's been a few interesting uh, foreign films on Netflix lately, so because of that I decided to um, give Sentinel a try. This is the new film from director... Julian Lacroix. Lacroix also co-wrote the film along with Matteo Cerveru. Um, it's you know produced by Julian Madon, and um, yes, it is starring right um, Olga Kalenko. 
right, who plays Clara. We then have Marion Lima, who plays Tanaya, her sister, and our antagonists of the piece. I guess it all starts with Ian Kadinokov, all right, who is played by Andrei Galenko. And um, yes, he's then his father, Leonard Kadenkov, who is played by Mikhail Nabokov. Right, I, th I think they're our, I would say they are our main group of people. Okay, so um, yes, the gist of the piece is this Clara, who is 33 years old, she's an interpreter in the French army. After experiencing the horrors of war in Syria, she is transferred to Nice as part of Operation Sentinel. There, with her mother and her sister, Tiana, she tries to rebuild herself. But one evening, after going to a nightclub, Tiana is found half dead on the beach. She was raped and beaten up. Clara will then do everything to find the attackers and avenge her sister. This merciless hunt will lead her in the footsteps of Yavan Kadenkov, the son of a powerful Russian oligarch of the French Riviera. <laughs> so yes, that is that's the gist of things, right, so yeah, you know, we, we start off and she's in Syria, right, she's um, doing a lot of translation work, but one day a mission goes terribly wrong, right, a, a boy's wearing a suicide vest, and um, yeah, there's a lot of mess, right, so she's transferred back, now we don't really know what kind of happened to her like we see her get thrown to the ground by the blast but that's about it uh but when she's back in nice we just see her every you know every day really just popping these tablets so you know there is a level of pain something right there is something with her you know where she has to take these tablets to um help so I think that's the thing and she's you know as part of this sentinel all she's doing is walking the perimeter right walking the perimeter of the city and she is frustrated you know she's like she finished top of her class she speaks I think she says seven languages and this is what she's doing right so she's not happy or fulfilled and her sister convinces her to go come out, right? Because normally she just doesn't do that. But she did, she comes out, she has fun, right? She she meets a nice young lady at the club. And her sister, um, you know, he meets a she he she, she meets a guy, right? So you um, you know, she sees here her sister go off with this guy and some of her friends. So she's thinking Oh, they, they'll be fine, right? They'll be fine. And this guy is Yavan Kadnikov. But the next day, no word from her, right? So she's just 
a bit, you know, worried. You know, where the hell is her sister? And then her mum calls her, and it turns out she's, you know, lying half dead in hospital. And, um, yeah, that kind of forces her to go on a hunt, look for this person. She just feels, I think she feels the police aren't doing enough, but also it's helpful, right? She, you know, she's not fulfilled at work, so this will give her something to channel her energies into. I think that's the main thing with all of this, right? And um, that's when the film kind of steps up because it is definitely a slow start. And I, I, I kind of think because, you know, we don't need action-packed starts all the time or anything like that. But we don't really get a lot of information on Clara. As I said, look, we don't know what injuries she comes home with. You know, all we know is that she was in an incident. You know, a bomb went off. That's it. That's all we know. So it's hard to kind of fully be invested in the character. You know, just because yeah, they, they haven't, I guess, um, hooked us up with them. Right, we need that emotional attachment, and we don't quite get that. But you know, what I mean, like someone trying to track down the person that you know raped and beat your sister half to death, you can always get behind that, right? And I will say, the fight scenes in this, although it's not, you know jam-packed with them we do get a number of good ones and they do have a, a nice fluidity to them they do feel real right because i think you watch films like this right and you often have this small you know small woman beating the hell out of all these guys and it's not always very realistic because, listen, don't get me wrong, right? It, it's not to say that they can't, you know, a woman wouldn't be as trained, you know, as deadly. Because, yes, they will. But what happens when they get hit, right? Now, listen, when you watch boxing, MMA, that's a big difference, right? You see a smaller fighter fight a larger fighter, and they can be doing very well. But the moment they get hit, that's when things get a little squirrely. So I think what was good here in the fight scenes, when she took hits, when she took damage, you saw the impact of all of that. You know, she slowed down. She got sluggish. You know, it, it made sense. So I, I thought, yes, the fight scenes were. The fight scenes were good in this. But, yes, yeah, she's now on this mission. She's trying to track down, you know, the person that did all this violence on her. And, yeah, I look, I, I can get all of that. I will say, though, for someone with the training that, you know, Clara has, her, her recons are a little bit sloppy. 
<laughs> we see her, you know, go into houses and just kind of blindly walk in, put herself in these weird like her back to a door. You never leave your back to a door. I think that's something everyone knows. But yeah, that's what she does. You know, that's what she does. So it's a little bit curious. You know what I mean, you're watching it thinking, wait, what? And yeah, some of the things she gets access to and, you know, able to um, do, you do kind of like, hmm, I don't know. And at the end, right, the, the end was fine. But I will say the, um, the bit before the very, very end, I'm not really buying that. <laughs> I'm not buying someone can take all of that and, you know, be fine, right? I just can't, it doesn't make any sense. And I think, especially of a certain age, you're just like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not having that, right? But yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's okay. Just I think it's just a little bit flat. Just a little bit flat, right? The film itself, though, it's not. Um, it's nothing crazy, it's just under an hour and a half, right, so it's not overly long, but yeah, it is just a little bit, just a little bit flat, it's a little bit hard to really care about anyone, you know, so it's a shame, right, it's not like The Beast, now, The Beast, and I believe that was a Spanish film. You know, we talked about it a few weeks back. That, whew, that was very good, right? That kept you engrossed because you understood all the motives of the main character. Now, with this, as I said, look, you understand her sister's been attacked, but that's kind of it. In this one, like in The Beast, you, you really kind of got into the main character so it was you know i think easier to kind of connect with um but listen if you enjoyed that if you enjoyed um is it zero below right below zero um if you like those those films i think this will be eh, something that might interest you you know it's it's one of those films that you can throw on and you don't really have to think about you know don't have to think about it people you can just enjoy it for what it is right it's on netflix so um yeah if you um want some action you know but you want to relax too maybe the sentinel is for you Okay, so Amy Schmitz's She Dies Tomorrow has just hit Netflix. And um, I <laughs> I am very confused. This, this film has baffled the hell out of me. 
I, I don't know what I just watched. It is so friggin' disturbing. Oh my god. Right? It, it, it's insane. It is such an insane piece of work. Right? So, um, Amy submits. She directed it. She wrote it. Um, she produced it along with David Lawson, Aaron Moorhead, and Justin Benson. Um, the cinematography is Jay Keitel. Uh, music is Mondo, yeah, Mondo Boys, right? And um, the cast. So Amy is played by Caitlin Shill. Uh, Jane is played by Jane Adams. We've got Craig. He's played by Kentucky Audley. Um, Jason, Chris Messina, Susan, Kate Asselton, Brian Tunde, um, Adair Bimp, uh, Tilly is Jennifer Kim, Erin, Olivia Taylor Doodley, Sky, Michelle Rodriguez. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the gist of this craziness is um, this, right? Amy is ravaged by the notion that she is going to die tomorrow, which sends her down a dizzying emotional spiral. When her skeptical friend Jane discovers Amy's feeling of imminent death to be contagious, they both begin bizarre journeys through what might be the last day of their lives. And so it's a weird one, right? So the first, kind of the first 15 minutes is Amy, like, um, listening to music and then, like, touching the grain of wood on the floor and caressing the walls. That's essentially it. And you're watching and every time she's touching the walls, I'm thinking, oh no. Like it, I thought she's gonna smash her head. She's gonna smash her head repeatedly against that wall. And it never happened. But it just always seemed like it was an intimate threat, you know? And yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, like she's climbing up the side of her house and all craziness like this and then I'm just saying she tells a friend right you know the thing that you always tell you if you're feeling down reach out don't do anything crazy reach out tell someone so she reaches out she calls her friend Jane and Jade is just like oh I don't want to go to this party and you know I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that, and, oh, I don't know if I can come and see you, oh, I mean, I don't want to do this thing, and blah, 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 alright, fine, so she's kind of like, alright, I, if I can, I'll come, and she t finally turns up, and then it's just not very helpful, <laughs> gonna lie, if Jane is your go-to friend, right, if, if that's the person you're going to rely on to, you know, to stop you from doing anything crazy, then, um, 
you might as well open up your you might as well open up your wrist that is an awful awful friend like she's just dismissive so dismissive it was kind of crazy right but um yeah so she then leaves and goes to the birthday party she didn't want to go to and freaks everyone out there right and, and I don't know like all this time goes by and not much kind of happens which isn't a terrible thing but you you are just I don't know I was just baffled right and visually visually I really enjoyed it like I, I just think the different colors and you know just all these weird effects and everything like that is um yeah it works in that respect yeah I can look at it and go yeah no I, I, I dig that I definitely dig that but I'm still a bit like um I don't know if it made any sense to me like I don't know what's going on it, it it does kind of key into you know the current situation though right because it's like um a virus <laughs> you know they're just spreading this virus from person to person making them feel like they're gonna die tomorrow which yeah does i mean it does work but it is depressing depressing as hell it's kind of weird right i've been watching all these films that were kind of feel good and happy and even if some of the themes were dark right there was this warm center to them and then i cap off the day with this and it's like ha <laughs> <laughs> ha you thought you're in a good mood no <laughs> It's just, I don't know, right? Bizarre. So frigging bizarre. Now, I'd say the acting was... I mean, the acting was interesting, you know? It, it did kind of... You did get the confused... Um, you know, not really sure what's going on aspect. So, I'd, I'd say... Yeah, everyone played their part in that respect, you know. But you're having these weird existential conversations, as it were, you know. Like, you, when, when you know, there's a couple and they split up. And it's just the conversation. You're just like, wait, this, this is weird. I, there's a there's a disconnect to it all that doesn't quite I don't know doesn't seem to quite chill but it works in the respect that everyone is just off key as fuck off key as fuck you know looking at urns or <laughs> thinking you know I'm gonna 
had myself turned into a leather jacket. Are you? You don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no clue what that is. But um, yes. If you you want a very, very weird feel. You know, you want to feel. I mean, it makes you feel uncomfortable as fuck. I, that I think that's a big takeaway. You feel super, super uncomfortable watching this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it doesn't leave you um, on a happy little buzz or anything. You're just, um, yeah, wondering to yourself, uh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Oh man, it reminds me of, um, ugh, I, it's so irritating because I can't think of the name of it, but there was that uh, film a couple of months ago on Netflix, and um, it was, it was you know, uh, an, ad a, an adaption from a book, and it was very weird, right? It was a couple, a woman and a dude, and... Like, everything was this, I don't know, weird approximation of something else. Yeah, it was bizarre and ended up in a school, right? They ended up in a school at the very end of it. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me of that. It did, which isn't very helpful. <laughs> I understand it's not very helpful when I'm like, oh yeah, it reminds me of a film. Hmm, <laughs> because, um, yeah, no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about, but, um, yeah, I don't know, people, I don't know, this has unsettled me no end, and I think I'm going to have to try and watch something <laughs> happy or funny or something just to take the edge off, because, <sighs> I don't know, I think I'm dying tomorrow. Okay, so I decided to check out yesterday. <laughs> yes, I did it, people. Now, the thing with this film, it's a little, it's a little convoluted, right? Because it's based on a several different things, right? So, Amy Krauss Rosenfall and Tom Lichtenheld wrote a book by the same name, right, that's the real genesis of this whole thing, and then Justin Malin adapted that story for the screen, right, and Miguel Arteta, he directed it, now, Mikel Arteta, see, I was watching the film, I was thinking, uh-huh, I wonder what he's else he has done. I'm like, and I saw, I don't know, Chuck and Buck see the rapids. And I was a bit like, Ugh. the good girl as well. Just none of those films were me. But he also directed Youth in Revolt, which, hey, I didn't mind that. I like that, right? Beatrix at Dinner and Duck Butter, which I enjoyed those films. 
So, you know what? Arteta is all right with me. All right. So, um, anyway, it's produced by Lawrence Gray, Ben Everard, Daniel Rappenport, Nicole King, Solaka, and Jennifer Garner. Right, so, um, yeah, Malin, he adapted the story and he also wrote the screenplay. The, f the music is by Michael Andrews. The cinematography is Terry Stacy. Okay, and the cast of the film, you wonder. Well, people, we've got Jennifer Garner. She plays Alison Torres. We have Edgar Ramirez. He plays a Carlos Torres. We have Gina Ortega. She plays the oldest daughter, Katie Torres. Julian Lanier. He plays Nando Torres. And Evely Carganilla plays the youngest, Ellie Torres. So we've also got Matt Fat. Sorry, Nat Faxon, he plays Mr. Deacon, or Coach Deacon, whichever one you want to go by, um, Molly Sims, isn't it, Fortune Funster, Arturo Castro, yeah, uh, like, I have to say, I haven't seen Arturo Castro in anything for a long-ass time, but I, I, I enjoyed him in Broad City, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, we've also got Tracy Toms, Megan Stout, Yimmy Yin, uh, Snowden Gray, Graham Phillips, Leonardo Nam, and Hayden Zitu. Alright, so um, the gist of the film. Okay, well, Alison and Carlos Torres are married with three kids, Katie, Nando, and Ellie, as I just mentioned. When they first met, they were adventurous. They would say yes to everything. Once they had their kids, however, they felt they needed to say no to protect them. But, but, after a argument, with the kids, who said they never say yes to anything, they decided to create a yes day. Well, I mean, it was after a discussion with, you know, Coach Deacon, right? So they decided to do a yes day where they would grant any single request for that 24 hours with you know, the caveat being, there were a few rules in place, but yeah, so, what fun and adventures would they have, mm-hmm, hmm, now, this film, right, so, we start off, right, and we have, um, you know, Alison, you know, talking about, hey, when I was young, I'd say yes to everything. So basically, Alison was a ho. <laughs> I'm joking, people. Calm the fuck down. All right. But anyway, 
So you would have Alison. They show kind of different clips of her through the ages. You know, when she was a kid, teenager, uh, you know, young adult, and traveling, and just all these different scenarios. And people would be like, oh, do this. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. Y you know what I mean? You get the gist, people. A soupy, cheesy collage of features. <laughs> just, you know, the stereotypical shit, right? And then they have her meet Carlos. Yeah? They had a little meet cute, obviously. And then it was just different stages leading up to them getting married. And then they had the kids, right? And I have to say, right, when they start, when they were like, and we had three kids, and they hold up what they, they, they you know, we have a clip of them holding up a kid. Like, I'm just a bit like, does everyone do it? Because, you know, we always see that scene where the parents hold the kid up and they're looking at it. And for some reason, the kid's got no clothes on. And then the kid pees and it hits him in the face. And I'm just a bit like, really? Do new parents, does every single new parent lose their mind? Right? Are all new parents retarded? Are they all morons? You know I mean? Are they all really going to hold a kid up to their face? You know, genitals up face height so the kid could just pee and shit all over him is, is that a thing is that really a thing because it just always seems super weird super weird and it's just something that every film seems to do like every film with parents seem to do this retarded stupid ass scene and it baffles me, baffles me people, but anyway, anyway, so yeah, they've got the kids, and then it has a collage of, you know, saying no, don't stick your hand in a plug, don't jump off the roof, don't set yourself on fire, don't, do you get the gist, right, and then it has the kids at their present ages, right, so it's got that, and there's arguments and blah, blah, blah. Now, Carlos is the, hey, you know, he's that parent, and Alison is the no, 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 no. Which, again, you gotta feel it's a little bit, <sighs> okay, that's what we're doing, right? And they go to school. And the school's all a bit like, we think your kids think you're a dictator, and it's so bad, and what are you going to do, and ah. Then they talk to the coach, the coach is just like, I've got six kids, I do yes -dos. And that's when the film kicks into gear, right? So... Yeah, this is just kind of like, ah, what are we going to do? We're going to do, ah, no, you won't. Ah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, fine. We're doing a yes day. So they do this whole yes day. And then the film kind of goes into this thing. All right. So they kind of set goals. 
You know what I mean? Like, if we get through it, we do this. If you say no, then we get this. You know, it's just one of them things. And um, I don't know, people. I mean, come on. This film is not for me, right? It's not for me. It drove me insane. <laughs> it drove me insane. It was just because it hit every cliche like every single cliche you know what i mean just the fact it's just like oh one parent's really bad and one parent's really good in the eyes of the kids you know when in theory like they're they're not really saying no to anything crazy you know what i mean it, it's it's not like they're um being super overprotective you know I mean they're just just normal parenting shit right it's normal parenting shit and it's i kind of get the gist that this whole book was to try and push the narrative that was created right this this whole kind of thing that was created by the authors you know by the authors of the book, Amy Krauss-Rogenthal and Tim Lichtenheld, to put in place this new thing. You know what I mean? Put in place, like create this, hey guys, we've got a groundbreaking new parenting tool. This is what you should do. When it's just like, no. <laughs> Like, it, it makes no sense. It, it, it's, you know, a yes day is basically the equivalent of a Valentine's Day. It's stupid, right? Being like, oh, here's this one day of the year when you do something nice for your partner. Be like, yo, you do it every, just do it whenever you fucking feel like it, right? Do something nice every day, you know what I mean? Why, why are you saving things for one day? You know what I mean? If you're saving things for one day, right, you, you spoil someone on their birthday and maybe Christmas. But then just like, hey, if you think, oh, that's the album they've been talking about. Let me pick that up for them. Or, oh, shit, they got tickets to that premiere of that film. I know she loves that shit or he loves that shit. I'm going to get tickets, right? You know what I mean? You just do things to make people happy, right? And and there's just this whole yes day concept. It's kind of like, listen, if you're only saying yes once a, I don't know, however, how many of these you would put in a year, then, like, people are just going to get frustrated. You just, you know, create that happy medium. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, if the kids have been good, you can give them a treat. You know what I mean? You can, hey, have them set goals. Be like, hey, you do really well at school. And, you know, we'll, we'll go do this thing. Or just whatever, whatever. But it doesn't have to be so arbitrary. Right? It, it just, the, the concept of it, it just seems stupid. But then again, <laughs> I don't have kids. Right? So, maybe it works. Right? Maybe for a parent... This shit works, right? For for the layman looking in, it looks stupid. But anyway, 
You know, it's a bit weird because they say at the beginning, we're going to set some rules, right? We're going to set some rules. But then, like, certain things happen and you'd be like, hold on, but wouldn't that fall within the rules of... <laughs> you know, so it's a bit like... Blah. But they do do that thing, you know what I mean? They They have to create a conflict within the film so everything's in jeopardy and everything's like ah so that's what happens it the film follows the usual steps right it, we're not breaking any new ground here and the ending is what you would expect you know in the conclusion that you would expect in this kind of film you know that's what it is, but it's it's a bit like because you have some moments like, oh, I realised that going forward, I don't need to be the good parent, the happy parent. I need to be your partner, and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Right? Because it's not like. We are seeing the Torreses as this mean, horrible family, and like, oh, they're, you know, he's just like, oh, I'm being this, and she's, oh, I'm being, no, like, you've set the family out to be this super happy, nice family, but then you kind of make it like, oh, I was taking advantage of you, and I realized that, and that'd be like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop it. Stop it! And I have to say, right, with with this sort of film, right, whenever there's a concert, right, whenever there's a film and there's a concert in it, it's always super super easy for like the the main characters to get backstage, <laughs> and I'm like, ain't that easy? Not that easy to do that shit. And, you know, musicians aren't going to be like, hey, you should come on stage and sing a song with me. Ah, oh, whatever you want, I'll do it with him. No! That shit ain't happening. It's, it's, it's always, and it's like, they, you know, artists, they do the sound check. They do the soundtrack. They've been practicing together for days and weeks and months and years. But you have these random people come on stage and suddenly they're matching all your harmonies and everything's in tune and everything's great. And you'd be like, it would be a shit show. <laughs> like, it would be a shit show. Like, what are we doing here? You know? It, it drove me insane. Drove me insane. And, right, you, you've got the son who, who loves these chemistry things and all of that. But then, you just have these random people going, oh, yeah, so we mix and mix and then we go, and you're just like, wait, huh? How all of a sudden is it so easy now from... We're, we're shown this thing and it's so difficult to get it quite right. But then all of a sudden, just all these random people are, are, are doing this thing. And you're like, 
Wait, what? <laughs> what? What is this? But okay, this is this is the thing. For me, all of this seems super stupid. But I will say, right? You you can look at a film like this, and even if it's not for you, you you can see that this this would definitely be a nice little family film. Right? You got young kids and this is the film that you can put on and everyone's gonna like they're gonna have a great time. They're gonna watch it and be like, oh my god, yeah, kids rule, kids win, yeah. Mom, dad, why don't you do this? This is so fun. You know, the kids are gonna love it. And the parents can watch a film with their kids and just have a nice little time. Right? They don't have to think about anything crazy. It's one of them type of films. So, listen. It, it, you know, for the right age group, this film, this film is alright. Right? You can see this film is going to hit the beats that will appeal to them. You know? So, for that, it's done its job. Right? It's done its job. Now, if you want a, you know complex storyline if you want something that you really need to think about and all of that no it's not that film but you know what i mean for for the for the youngsters for the young'uns yes they is gonna it's gonna work right now it might <laughs> it might have them try and wind down windows in a car wash you know it might <laughs> it might have them thinking it's fun to fill up loads of balloons with water you know but that's gonna be the cross you gotta bear right but um yeah you know it will make kids happy so you have that now i i would say if if you were a fan of that recent um robert rodriguez film you know the 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 soup is it superhero or something like that you know a spy kids you know th this is that right so if if your kids love all of that yeah they'll, they'll enjoy this all right so um yeah maybe if you've got young'uns you want to put them down in front of that TV and get them ready for a yes day. Okay, people, so we have come towards the end of another episode. But before we go, let's take a look at um, what's happening in the world of film right now. Okay, so um, we've got some dates for films and all of that. So uh, at Universal, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, that is going to be coming out on the 23rd of September 2022. And um, Antonio Banderas will be revising, reprising his role as Puss. Right, um, they've also got a film called The Bad Guys, 
right? That's gonna be coming on the 15th of April, 2022. So this one, a little bit more of an interest, right? So supposedly it's following five notorious bad guys who've been behind big heists. Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Shark, and Miss Tarantula. I mean, the names, the names could have done some work, right? But anyway, so um, these bad guys are attempting their most challenging job yet. Going good. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, um, Kenneth Branagh's new film, Belfast, that will be dropping on the 12th of November this year. Uh, we also have False Positive from A24 um, and John Lee. This will be dropping on the 25th of June. Um, on This one's going straight to Hulu. Alright. Uh, now, other news... We have got um, Demon Slayer Muggen Train. That's going to be coming on the 23rd of April this year. So, uh, yeah. Sounds a little bit of manga there for people. Now, um, yeah. So, there's a new film called Kimmy. Right? This is a HBO exclusive from Steven Soddenborough. Soddenberger? Yeah, I think that's how you say it, right? It's uh, written by David Coop and it is starring Jacob Vargas, Byron Bowers, and uh, Jamie Camille. Oh, along with uh, Zoe Kravats. Kravats. So, um, yes, no details on the plot. It's all a little bit hush hush. Now, um, yeah. There's a also there's a film coming from Chloe Okanu, and this one's called Watcher, right? It's starring Amaka Monroe, Carl Glassman, and um, Bern Gorman, right? So uh, supposedly, you know, Monroe and Glassman are playing a young married couple who move into a new apartment in Bucharest just as a citywide panic is brewing over a possible serial killer on the loose. The wife becomes increasingly tormented by the belief she is being stalked by an unseen watcher in the adjacent building. A little bit creepy. Now, people, it came out early 2000s, I believe, right? Remember the film She's All That? Well, people, what do you want more other than a sequel, right? So, um, yeah, Miramax were doing a sequel, but Netflix have just come and grabbed it off of them. And, um, of course, the sequel is called He's All That. Because it's a role reversal, people. Yes. So in this film, a TikTok sensation, Addison Ray, is, you know, she is given the challenge of taking the school's biggest loser, 
right? And turning him into a prom king. So, um, yeah, Tanner uh, Buchanan is going to be playing a D loser. But, you know, if you were fans of the original film, you'll be pleased that Rachel Lee Cook will be um, in it. Yep. And it's uh, going to be directed by Mark Walters. Okay, so in other news, we've got a new DC superhero film on the horizon. This time it is Our Man. Right, yes. Now, I had no clue who this is. Supposedly, there are three versions of the character flying around, right? Um, Rex Tyler. Okay, um, Rick Tyler, and um, actually, I don't know who the other one is, but yes, you've got different versions of this character, and the film is going to be written by um, Gavin Games and Neil Widener. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you know the character, you're excited, right? Hmm, we'll see how it goes. Now, you may have remembered that they, for some reason, are making a Latin... Well, they keep on saying Latinx, which is the most ridiculous term you could imagine, right? But they're making a, um, a Latin version of Father of the Bride. And Andy Garcia has been brought in to be playing the um, the main role, the father of the uh, of the bride, obviously. Yeah. So yes, this one it's supposedly um, yeah following a, a dad as he gets the grip of his daughter's upcoming wedding through the prism of multiple relationships within a big sprawling Cuban American family. I mean, you do kind of feel that he should have got the hang of this whole thing when they got engaged, right? When they get engaged is the moment to be like, oh, yeah, I think my daughter's getting married. You know what I mean? Not days before the actual wedding. But um, hey-ho, that might not be as an exciting film. <laughs> now... Omar Sly and Louis Letterer have, you know, they've killed it with Lupin on Netflix. So, what is the best thing to do? Well, it is to sign them up to make a film for you, right? And that is exactly what is happening. So, they are going to be um, making a sequel to On the Other Side of the Tracks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, Sly and um, Laurent Lafferty starred in the original and they will be back for this one along with Isa Higlin. Right? And it says the story follows two cops with very different styles, backgrounds and careers. The unlikely pair is reunited for a new investigation that takes them all the way up 
to the French Alps. <laughs> what seemed to be a simple drug deal turns out to be a high-scale criminal case wrapped in danger and unexpected comedy. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it. Okay. So, um, yes, in some other news, uh, Nick Casavetes has a new film and um, it's a little bit different from The Notebook. This one is called God is a Bullet, right? It's going to be starring Jamie Foxx, Nicolaj Kusta Wuldo, January Jones, and um, Makia Monroe. Oh, and Andrew Dice Clay, the Dice Man. Hey! So it is. Um, based on a Boston Terran book and um, with this one it follows a vice detective Bob Hightower he finds out that his ex-wife has been murdered and his daughter has been kidnapped by a satanic cult the police are doing a terrible job you know the investigation is going nowhere so Hightower quits the police gets tatted up and infiltrates the cult. Bum, bum, bum. So you can imagine all mayhem will be uh, breaking loose. I mean, it doesn't sound bad. It could be fun, right? You know, just some ridiculous action. Uh, so, um, yeah, things are still getting shifted around, people. And Sony have decided to push back Venom Let There Be Carnage. It was meant to be dropping on the 25th of June. It will now be coming on the 17th of September. I mean, they might as well wait until Halloween, right? Because you could do Halloween costumes as a tie-in. Yeah, I feel that would probably be the better move. Right, and um, let's end with this. So, Black Widow is, you know, that's the next huge Disney film, right? So, um, everyone is sitting around waiting for it to drop, but with the cinema situation, no one really knows what's going on. So, Disney are going to make a last minute decision whether to send it to cinemas or, um, you know, have it be a Disney Plus premiere access situation. Or even go hybrid, right? I mean, you might as well go hybrid, but yeah, that is what they will do at the very last minute, right? Makes sense, you know? So we will see. Looking forward to it for sure. But people, that is us. We are done. So um, yeah, we're gonna be continuing with the BFI flare coverage. So come back each day for that. And um, Echo Chamber itself will be back next Thursday. All right, people, enjoy your film watching. Peace.